0: Romans chapter 14 tonight, and this week um, I'm going to kind of try to pick off where I left off and last Sunday night's message. So, uh, if you weren't here last Sunday night, um, just kind of a little review, I guess. We went through Galatians chapter 2. I I didn't give a whole lot of scripture uh, kind of explaining what I'm going to be talking about tonight, I mainly went through Galatians chapter 2 and showed in there an example of some fighting that was going on with the disciples where Paul withstood Peter to the face. And basically, we, there was kind of a clash going on, I guess, of cultures, is what I kind of what I call it. And you had the, these Jews, they were unbelieving Jews, and they tried bringing in their Jewish customs and cultures, and you see that Peter and Barnabas, they got caught up in it, and they were withdrawing themselves from the Gentiles, and basically, being hypocrites, or what Paul said, and he called Peter out on it, and told him, you know, he shouldn't be doing that, and um, it caused a lot of contention. There was a lot of problems with them, and there was a statement that was made in Galatians two that Paul made that I want to I want to read to you right now, um, and it's kind of where we got our text from, and it says, Oh, let's see, let's up. Go ahead and go. Turn over to Galatians chapter two first. I got you in Romans. Well, let's go to Galatians chapter two. And he meant he says something that sounds really strange in there in verse fifteen. He said, "We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles." Okay. Now we know from Romans we talked about in Sunday school this morning that all are sinners. Okay. Whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, you're a sinner. What was he talking about when he said we who are Jews by nature and not sinners? Was he saying that Jews aren't sinners? Okay, no, he wasn't saying that, but there clearly was a difference in the cultures of a Jew who followed the word of God than from a Gentile who didn't follow the word of God, who didn't even have the word of God. There was a there was a huge difference, and last week we talked a lot about just you know there are other cultures Sometimes there's things that are bad in cultures. Okay, if, uh, you know, if there's a culture that believes in eating people, okay, well, that's bad. We can, we can say whatever we want you know, against that. That's wrong for them to do that. But there are some things that are cultural that aren't bad. Okay, And we talked a lot about maybe just different styles of things. There are there is different styles of preaching out there. You've got some guys that like to run around and yell and scream. And you've got others that stand still and are perfectly monotone. Are either of those bad? No. But some people prefer one or the other probably depending on where they've come from, what they were raised around, what their culture is. Same thing with music. We talk about all those things. We're not going to go into all that again. But uh, I want to show you before we get into Romans chapter 14, I want to share some Scriptures with you that kind of support this idea of just differences in cultures. And remember, in the... Uh, in the New Testament, we see the comparison of Jews you know, the, or the opposition between Jews and Gentiles, between circumcision, uncircumcision, the Jews and the heathen. And basically, I believe today that we have a Christianish culture, like I talked about this morning. If you are a part of the Christian culture, it doesn't necessarily mean you're saved. It just means you're a part of the Christian culture. And if you get saved, it'll be easier for you to adapt to the Christian way of life Than somebody that is not from that culture, there will there will be there are differences, and um, you know what everybody's culture is from in here. You know it's probably all a little different to a certain extent, and so. um, But just some verses that kind of go along with that. You don't have to turn to all these, but Romans chapter four says, "Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin." Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision only? or upon the uncircumcision also the Jew the Gentile for we that say or that for we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness how was it then reckoned when he was in was he uh, when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision not in circumcision but in uncircumcision Abraham got saved way before he was circumcised in fact probably about 30 years before he got circumcised and then in verse 11 and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being circumcised, uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay? So, that's why we can claim Abraham as our father, right? Even if we're not a Jew. Even if we're not a part of the circumcision. Because, in a lot of ways, you can say he was the father of faith. And when we believe in Christ by faith, we're the children of Abraham. There's many other passages... That refer to that. So right there, we kind of see that though example of you know Jew Gentile uncircumcision circumcision, but basically we're all saved the same way. But there clearly are differences. And then another verse, Matthew six seven. But when ye pray, and this is Jesus talking, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, one of the heathen practices, I guess was just saying things over and over again. Just repeating something over and over and over again. That was a heathen practice. That was something they did. And Jesus told the Jews, don't do that. Okay, What the heathen does is doing in their culture, that's bad. When you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, He kind of gave them a model prayer. And by the way, that model prayer was not one we're supposed to use vain repetitions on and just say that. We're just supposed to kind of follow that example after this manner not this prayer praying. Just after this manner. So, uh, don't use vain repetition. That's a heathen thing. We're not supposed to do that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5.1 It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. There was somebody in that Corinthian church that married his stepmother. Okay? Gentiles didn't even do that. And Paul's pointing that out that Gentiles don't even do this. So why would a bunch of Christians do this type of thing? Heathen do not do this. That's not even one of their practices. And so, notice how he used that comparison again. Galatians 3.7 Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, "...in thee shall all nations be blessed, so then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the side of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them." Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Notice how it shows us that. that hey, the Gentiles can have that promise too. The Gentiles can have that blessing. You know, what is the blessing of Abraham? Well, I will bless him, bless thee, curse, him curse thee, you know, things like that. That applies to us too. Because we are the children of Abraham and we receive that uh, by faith. By faith. I'm sure, believing in Jesus Christ, despite your lineage, where it goes to. Uh, if you're saved, you're a part of that. And then uh, Galatians 2.9, we covered this one last week, when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they under the circumcision. So once again, notice how it showed the differences. Because, and here's the thing, and I'm telling you, this study has been helping me so much. Just because I'm just, I admitted this last, I'm going to admit it again. There is stuff in cultures that I don't like. Okay, I just don't like it. It's stuff that makes me uncomfortable. It's stuff that I. Do. I don't want to really have anything to do with, but yet at the same time, when you know, when, if we're honest, I can't necessarily find Bible to prove that all these things are bad, okay. But at the same time, I don't like it, and it's like a lot of times Christians, when we don't like something, we want to try to make the Bible fit our way of thinking, and we like to you know put down. Those other cultures and things. And, you know, when we live in a world today where we're taught we're supposed to accept absolutely everything from every culture, good or bad. And listen, if it's against the Word of God, if we can show a verse in the Bible that says, you know, that's wrong, then, hey, let's stand against it. We don't have to accept it one bit. But if it's something more like just a personality thing or just a cultural thing that does not violate anything in the Bible, we don't need to get all bent out of shape about it. And we really don't. And I guess since I've realized. What it is that's caused me not to maybe like something, I have had. I guess I could say a more charitable attitude towards those other cultures. And when, and when I'm talking about cultures too, I'm not talking about you know tribes of people or anything like that. But I'm talking about in churches. There are different cultures in, amongst churches. Even I mean, even amongst just independent Baptists, there can be some huge differences. And the way they do their services, the way they sing, the way the preacher preaches—huge difference. And if it's not a doctrinal difference, then I don't think we—I don't think we need to worry about it. But at the same time, I'm not going to tell you you have to like it. Okay? There's just—I mean, you know—there's just some stuff that I just—it's not what I'm used to. It's not my cup of tea. It, it's not what I like. But it doesn't make it bad. And we need to understand that. And so I, now I want us to go to Romans chapter 14, because I want to show us really, I, I want to talk about how we can, how to be charitable towards other cultures. We need to have a charitable attitude when it comes to this, because I believe, you know, right now, even amongst churches today, and even in the independent Baptist world, there is what I call a clash of cultures that is going on. And what's going on now. I've, the same kind of stuff's been going on since the beginning of time. But I think one of the reasons we struggle with it and wonder you know, where we should be in the position or whatever is because we don't accurately identify what it is we're dealing with and what it is that we're up against. And uh, I think Romans 14, I think it can help us with this. So let's go ahead and start reading Romans chapter 14. And verse 1. It says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. So right here we see an example of really two different cultures that have two completely different ideas on something. And in this case, it's a matter of food. Okay, There were some that... But from a culture where they did not want to eat meat, they ate herbs, vegetables. Okay, I don't like that culture. Okay, I I don't like vegetarians, especially the arrogant ones. You know, there's some they're like they're militant about it. They brag about it. They think they're better than everybody else. All right, you know those people, don't you? I can't stand those people. All right, I'm just going to admit it. I don't like it. But is it wrong for people to have that lifestyle? Is it wrong for them to? Not want to eat an animal, okay? No, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says we have to, where we have to, and the Bible tells us not to judge them, and they're not supposed to judge us, okay? But at the same time, notice in this passage how it talks about you know one who is weak eat there That's the one that eats herbs, because here's the thing: usually the one who's the strictest on something, they think they're the strong one, don't they? they really do. But let but. Let's think about cultures, okay? For example, I'm not positive on this, but aren't a lot of the Hindu people they don't there's, do they not eat meat? I know that I know a lot of them they like worship, yeah, they worship cows and stuff, okay? All right, so let's say that we had some Hindu people, maybe some people moved over from India. I mean, staunch Hindu people. We give them the gospel, they get saved. There is a good chance they're still not going to want to eat hamburgers. They it, Because that's their culture. They probably wouldn't be comfortable. And you know what? We don't need to shove hamburgers down their throat. If they don't want to eat hamburgers, they don't need to eat hamburgers. And at the same time, you know, they shouldn't get mad at us if we're having a church fellowship and we're eating hamburgers. Okay? But at the same time, I think we ought to have a charitable attitude towards them. And, you know, if you have them over for dinner, don't cook hamburgers on the grill. You know? Make some vegetables for them. Make stuff that they like. If we're having a potluck here at the church, you know, make something that you know that they would be able to eat. Have a charitable attitude. Be supportive of them, not because that religion is right, not because that teaching is right, but because it's not a sin for them not to want to eat a cow. Okay, and it might be hard for them to do that. If they're, say an Amish person gets saved, maybe they were trusting in their works and how they dress and all those things we don't need to make them start dressing like us right away. They're not sinning in the way that they dress. And it would probably be very hard for them maybe to go from an ankle to the skirt to an ankle to the knees. In their culture, that might be a struggle for them. But notice that the Bible says that those ones, they're the ones that are weak. And you know, one of the things that I've, I've seen a lot of this said so just in my lifetime amongst, inside the church is for example with music, okay? Music always can be a really hot button thing and a lot of people uh, I remember with with a lot of the southern gospel. I've heard people get on that, "Oh, you know, that music it reminds me of what I used to hear in the bar room." Okay? And other people will listen to that and think all they know is, you know, what they've listened to of southern gospel. You know, they enjoy it, it blesses them or whatever. And the truth is, you know, somebody like myself, I never hung out in the bar room. I don't know what their music sounds like. And so if I hear something that maybe is the same style as that, I'm not gonna know it. And some but somebody who was from that, somebody maybe who got saved out of that that here and maybe that style of music or that type of music whatever it is it might take them back to some sinful times in their life it might make them think sinful thoughts and while for you and me maybe it's not a problem it doesn't make us want to think about sin it maybe makes us think about Christ for that other person it just might cause some problems and therefore you know i think we ought to have a charitable attitude Towards that, you know, whether you know, whatever it is, said so a lot of people. Depending on what they came from, different things bring up different ideas. And somebody who was saved out of the world, I believe, is going to struggle more with a worldly style of music, whether it's in the church, whether it's what they listen to at home. Those kind of things are going to bring up more stuff with them. Okay, you know, I, I never, I never hung out at the dances. I, you know, I never hung out at the bar rooms. You know, I, I never listened. That you know, I never listened to a lot of that stuff. So where if I like for me, for example, if I hear rock music, I can't stand it. I, I just I literally can't not stand it. It doesn't make me want to sin. You know, I'm not I don't enjoy it when I hear it. And I mean, it, it's just a huge. I mean, I, I can't stand it. But someone who got saved out of that, who listens that all the time, it might cause them to get in the flesh. When they hear that type of thing, it may cause a lot of problems for them. And so, where they could be out and out and about somewhere, and they can hear that music. It might cause them to sin. Well, it might not cause you to sin because you came from a different culture. You were raised differently, and so it doesn't affect you in the same way. Somebody who gets saved out of the world, somebody who gets saved maybe when they're in their thirties or forties, they may have a greater they have they may have greater problems dealing with the lust of the flesh. If they were somebody that for years just did whatever their flesh felt like doing, well, they're going to struggle more with different things. They might struggle more with lusts and and who knows what else. And there's a lot of preachers who got saved out. Of, you know, they got saved later in life. They didn't get saved. Maybe they were in their twenties or in their thirties. And boy, they get up and it's like they preach against everything, don't they? I mean, anything you do, you know, it's it's sinful. Anything you do, it's making you think bad thoughts, and you're like. I don't feel that way. But they do because of what they came from. And they will you know and they'll just go nuts on the dangers of it because it is a huge problem for them. But thank God for you, if you didn't grow up around that, if you came from a culture where you didn't you weren't exposed to all that stuff, yeah, it's not a problem. I could go I can go drive by all these bars in town and I'm not tempted one bit to go in and have a drink. It it doesn't bother me one bit. I don't, I don't sin when I'm driving by those places. I'm not going to, but I could go into one of them and not even be tempted to take a drink. But somebody who is maybe a drunk that the Lord saved, that's a huge problem for them, isn't it? It would be a sin for them to go into that place. And it would cause them to think all kinds of terrible thoughts. And them even just driving down the road and going by those places or going into a gas station where it's all over right there where they could buy it so easy, it's a huge problem for those people, isn't it? Yep. And we've got to understand where they're coming from. And there's people that pounce all over sin and we might even think they're going a little too far, but you got to understand what they came from. Sure. And so they are really cautious about these things. And then you got all these young people that were blessed to be raised in a culture where they weren't exposed to all that. And it's like they take, they take it too lightly. And a lot of times that... One culture, they look at them and it's like, you know, what's wrong with these people? And then the young culture is like, what are they even talking about? And the thing is, we don't understand each other's culture, do we? Sometimes. It's just, it's two different cultures. And I believe the crowd that has not been exposed to all those things, I think we need to be extra careful. And I think we need to be respectful to those people. And we'll see that in a little bit. Have a charitable attitude. But for another thing that um, somebody who's. Got saved later in life, or somebody depending on what culture they're from, they might struggle more with certain holidays. Okay, have you ever? How many's ever known some of those people who are real anti-Christmas and Christmas trees? Okay, and and these people all think they're real spiritual. Why? Because that's pagan. You know, Christmas tree, paganism, Easter eggs, pagan. You know, I you know Christmas on December twenty fifth, pagan. We're gonna celebrate it in September. You know. Well, why did do you September? Well, we don't know Jesus was born December twenty fifth. Well, you don't know he was born in September either. You know, but that was a pagan. That's when the pagans, you know, they celebrated whatever. And the truth is, for some people, that might be a sin. And look, look at verse uh, four of chapter fourteen. It Says, "Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another." another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he, do it, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us live unto himself, and no man dieth to himself. Basically, it's talking about some people... Make a bigger deal about certain times of the years and certain holidays. You know, you got some people, they get all freaked out at Halloween. That's the time of the year when the veil between our world and the spirit world is at its thinnest, and you are most likely to get possessed, you know, by devils during that time. And others, it's just another day. And if somebody, though, maybe they got saved out of witchcraft. They're going to struggle around October 31st, aren't they? Somebody who was saved out of paganism, they might struggle around December 25th. And, you know, honestly, I mean, does anybody, when you put up a Christmas tree, think, I want to bow down and worship this tree? You know, does anybody, when you've ever been painting Easter eggs, thought, you know, I just adore the god or goddess Estarte, I believe is who that's supposed to be, too? Yeah, I don't even know who that is. We don't even think about that, do we? It doesn't even enter our mind. And therefore, for us, it's not a problem. I do not believe we are sinning one bit, celebrating Christmas on December 25th, having a Christmas tree, but somebody who is a pagan who maybe used to worship the tree, who used to paint the eggs so to the goddess of starting or whatever, though that person would be sinning to do that because in their mind, something else is going on because of what they've been around all their life, what they've been exposed to. And He says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So, if you want to get all strict about Christmas, hey, if it's a problem for you, if you're thinking pagan thoughts around Christmas, don't celebrate Christmas. But you know what? Don't get on to us who are celebrating it and are thinking about Jesus Christ. okay? Because... There's plenty of people that it is—it's completely innocent with them, and I believe, you know, I said there's nothing in the Bible that says we can't do it. You know, it's there's nothing in there that says we have to do it. So I'm not going to get up here and say if you all don't put a Christmas tree in your house, you need to get right with God. Okay, we're not going to do that. Um, But I'm not going to get up there and slam you because you don't have a Christmas tree. Okay, it's not or because you have a Christmas tree, I'm not going to do that. So, you know they might struggle. And so, we need to make sure we have a charitable attitude towards other people and other cultures. Verse 7, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that He might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. God, He is He is Lord of all. He is the God, we talked about this morning in Sunday school, of the Jews, of the Gentiles, of the Christians, of the Heathen, of Americans, of the Chinese. He's the God of this holy world. And we're not supposed to just focus on what pleases us. We don't live into ourselves. We don't die into ourselves. Most people, they just well it's what I like. Okay? It's it's what I like, therefore. It's okay, but you know, we're supposed to be careful not to offend the weaker brother. Okay? If we have, like said, if we had somebody that gets saved out of Hinduism, you know, we might watch what we do with the meat. Okay? If we had somebody who was saved out of Islam, Brother Menez, don't ask them to go out with you to the farm when you kill the pig. All right, you know, uh, they're not going to appreciate that one bit. Or a Jew, if they, a Jew got saved, okay? You know, we don't have to expect them to do all those things. You know? And you know, don't get mad at them if they're not willing to go with you to the pig farm. They might still have a problem being around those things. And that's a great story if you haven't heard me tell you, but uh, it's, it's a disturbing one too. I'll never go with you to the pig farm again. I know that uh, after after what I saw that day. But. But we've got to understand that this isn't just about what pleases us. Well, you know what? I like bacon. So everybody ought to eat bacon. Bacon's my favorite food. If you don't like bacon, you're not right with God. I hate cheese. If you like cheese, you're not right with God. You know, sometimes we're like that. And it's not its not good. It's not, it's not right. Sometimes, though we're better off keeping certain things out of our life, as long as it's not something that God wants in our life, okay. For example, the type of music that we have, okay. If I'm telling you right now, there is some music out there that for some would cause them to sin if they listen to it. For other people, they're not going to. They're not going to think. They're not going to think anything bad. They're not going to. You know, it's. It all depends on where you come from. There are some people, you know. I, me, I'm not a dancer. Okay, if I danced, uh, it, would, it wouldn't be pretty. Okay, and uh, I've got no rhythm or anything like that. But you know, some people, you know, if they hear a certain type of music, I mean, they're going to want to break out dancing. I mean, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna drive them crazy. Me, you know, I, I don't even try. I don't even think about it because I, I don't have any moves. If I did, <laughs> everybody would just laugh at me. And so. You know, I don't, I don't struggle with that. I don't have a problem with that. But somebody else, they might have a problem with that, and they might need to be careful. And so we're going to be careful. We're going to be sensitive about that thing. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna on purpose do things that are going to offend somebody. We're going to try to be charitable in the attitude with our music. And if if it's something too that maybe rubs you the wrong way. If we get somebody they come here and they sing. And maybe they got a twang in their voice that sounds a little country, you know, except last week. Maybe it's just because they're from the South and they have a twang in their voice. Okay? It's just their culture. They're not necessarily copying off country people. That's just what they've been around. I've heard some people, when they sing in churches, uh, and, and I actually kind of like this a little bit, some teen choirs, it's like they yell the song. And they do, it's like a contest to see who can sing the loudest, and it's... And sometimes it sounds pretty good. Sometimes it's kind of obnoxious. And while it's not my favorite, it's not necessarily bad. You know, it, but I, I'm not going to do that. That's, I'm not, you know, I mentioned the opera. Okay. No, I don't see anything wrong with an operatic voice. But I don't really like it that much. That's not my. That's not my favorite. Uh, I, I didn't grow up listening to a whole lot of opera. If you did. You might have a different attitude towards it, but sometimes, though, there's certain things you know we just maybe need to keep them out out of our life. Certain music and the example he gave here, food, was something he was talking about. Hey, you might just be better off not doing that. If we get a bunch of Jews, Jewish people saved, you know, we let, maybe hold off on the bacon and the ham. You know, let's be let's be kind on Christmas. You know, let's think about that because it will, for them, some of those things will make them very uncomfortable. They might have a hard time saying, Merry Christmas at first. Who knows? And so we're supposed to be sensitive to that. And what we do need to worry about, or we don't need to worry about what our brother does, because we see in verse 10 through 13, we're only accountable for ourselves. Look at verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I believe he's talking to both people here. I believe he's talking to the people who eat the meat and the people who don't eat the meat. Why are you judging your brother? We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but rather judge this, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. See, we're all accountable to ourselves. So it's possible that maybe one person when they stand before God, maybe a person who ate meat, maybe a person who ate meat sacrificed to idols. God doesn't judge them for it. Okay, if, If I ate meat sacrificed to an idol, it's not going to bother me. I know idols are nothing. I know they can't do anything, but somebody who used to be an idol worshiper, and there's other passages where it talks about that, they wouldn't. In fact, uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe one of the verses where Paul was talking, he was basically saying that if that's the case, he says, I don't want to know where it came from. In other words, what I don't know won't hurt me. Because then I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. So you know, In other words, if you ate it accidentally... You're in the clear because it's all about the conscience. It's all about the mind. And somebody else, when they stand before God, it may be a sin for them. Because they think differently in that area. And so all we need to understand though is we're going to give account of ourselves to God. Okay? And a lot of times what do we do? And you know, our kids do this all the time. You know, Mom, Dad, can we watch this? No. So and so watches it. Who cares? Okay? Who cares what other people do? You're going to give an account of yourself to God, and there just may be some things that other people do that's not a big of a problem as it is if you do it, depending on where you come from, what your problems are, how you think about things. There clearly is a difference. We see that, and God's telling us here that just don't go judging your brother. You know, and that's why we you know we don't just sit around here making rules that we make everybody follow, okay? because. You know, people've got to start. They've got to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit themselves. They got to learn, you know, to follow the Bible themselves. You know, obviously, there's bigger things. You know, there's certain things in this church that, hey, you know, if that's going on, you know, we might need to break fellowship or something like that. There are some things that can't get past. But some of these little things, things that don't really matter, we're not going to get all caught up in that. We're not going to make a huge deal. Some things are wrong for certain people and not for others. But if we have an attitude of charity, we will consider them when we do certain things. Look at verse 14. It says, For I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Did you hear that? We can eat anything we want. We can eat any kind of meat. If you want to go and eat a cow or a horse, or a kangaroo, I mean, all right, meat's meat, and we we can eat it and not be sinning, but for others though, it would probably be a sin. For somebody who is a Jew, remember Peter when he had that vision of that beast that came, and God told him to kill it and eat it, and he he didn't want to do it. God told him to do it, and he didn't want to do it. Why? Because he was a Jew by nature. And they didn't eat unclean animals, and I'm telling you, you know, uh, for somebody like that, that is a huge deal. For us, you know, we don't really care that, you know, we don't really care that much. It's it's not a big deal. And so, you know, to one it's unclean, to another it's unclean. Verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat. For whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. You see that? See, we do need to have a charitable attitude. I'm not saying that we have to, you know, govern our whole lives in a way where we would never offend anybody from any culture. Okay? But in the privacy of your home, okay, go nuts in the bacon. Okay? But if we get some Jewish folks saved, you know, maybe let's back off on the bacon. We get some Hindus say, you know, that'd be tough. Said, but yeah, uh, you know, I personally think if you got a Jewish person saved, you know, once they eat bacon, man, they're going to see the light and you know, they're like, why did I get saved a long time ago? And they might. But you know, you got to be patient. You got to have a charitable attitude. But as far as here in the church, you know, we need we need to be careful. We need to watch it. And, you know, in your home, you can do whatever you will not be sinning. But what you do here, might might be a little different. Same, you know. Even with music, for example, there's some music that while you are at home, said unless said unless it's something you know, there's profanity in it and it's you know vulgar, sensual, you know all that stuff. It might be one thing for you to listen at home. It'd be another thing here. You know, there's some songs that we listen to. You know, it's fun songs for kids and things. You know, I mean, I I like a lot of the Christmas music. I even like Santa Claus is coming to town, but we're not going to sing it in church. Okay. There might there's some folks that get offended about Santa Claus. And he's not anything we're supposed we have to promote in church and make a big deal about. So no, we're not going to do that. We will get rid of that, even if we wouldn't necessarily be sinning. If we sang, you know, jingle bells or something like that. Let's just let's not do it if it's going to offend not the stronger brother, the weaker brother. Is what the Bible calls it. So these people they like to think they're the strong ones, but the Bible says they're the weak ones, and you know people who get you know get offended easy and stuff. They're the, they're the weak ones, and we need to do our best. And he says, you know, we need to walk, you know, have a charitable attitude. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. We, as Christians, we understand we have liberty in Christ, That there are things that we can do, and it's not a sin. It won't cause us a sin, but it's different with other people depending on where they came from. It, we are not all the same in, in the sense of how we feel about things and how things affect us. We are all different. We all have different temptations. We all have different weaknesses. And we've, we've got to understand that. And depending on where somebody came from, what their background is, different things are going to affect them in different ways. And we should have a charitable attitude and do our best not to offend people. We definitely want to try. We don't want to destroy them. Someone for whom Christ died. Don't destroy them for me. You know, let, let's not run. Let's not run them off, because, you know, we like our bacon. So, you know, we like our bacon better than we love those people, because we like our meat better than we like them. What, you know, let's not do it. So I, there's, I, you know, I, I try to be careful. You know, since the Menezes they had taught me how in Mex, in Mexican or Spanish, you know. Calling somebody stupid is kind of a cuss word for them. Well, we use it all the time in English, don't we? And we're not thinking anything sinful, are we? So I've, I've been careful. I try not to use that in church, as much, <laughs> in church as much. Even though for me, I don't think it's a sin. And people do that all the time. They'll talk about, well, you know, what makes a cuss word a cuss word? There are certain words that... Are offensive that people see them as cuss words, even some that are in the Bible. And so I don't go around using them however I want to, whenever I want to. Just because hell's in the Bible, I believe in hell, I'm not going to be using hell the way a lot of people do. You know, the Bible uses terms like, you know, he that believeth not shall be damned, but I'm not going to use that word just whenever I feel like it and however I want to use it. And there are several that are in the Bible that. I'm going to be careful because that would be offensive to people. I have liberty in Christ. If I say that in the privacy of my own home, I'm not sinning. To me, that's not a cuss word. But for somebody else, it might be. And that's what makes it bad, the fact that it is offensive. We're not going going to shy away from the Word here in church. When I'm talking about hell in church, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to call it something else so I don't offend somebody. We're supposed to talk about that. You know, we're commanded to, you know, let people know the truth of the gospel, and so, you know, we're going to we're going to call it, we're not going to refer to it as the bad place. Okay? <laughs> you know, we're not we're not going to do that. If I'm reading those verses out of the Bible, I'm not going to change those words into a word that's more politically correct. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, but still I'm not going to use it in an offensive way. I'm not going to take my liberty and throw it in people's face. I can say this word. And I'm not sinning. Because if they did it, they would be sinning. So you see the difference there? Depending on where somebody comes from. And we need to have a charitable attitude when it comes to this thing and try to do our best to understand how it is for other cultures. We've all heard this story before. I don't know if it's true or not it's one of these preacher stories you've heard. Now how many's heard the story about the missionary in Africa whose child was listening to Christian rock music? And like all the and they were listening to Christian rock music and all of a sudden a lot of the people there, the native former natives and things that had been saved, they heard that and they all got scared and they came to the house trying to find out what was going on because those drum beats and things that were going on were the same style of drum beats that they used to summon up demons and kind of showing how, you know, how satanic rock music is. Now, can a drum beat summon up a demon in itself? I don't really think so. Okay? But now a person with that mindset of trying to call one up who in their heart and mind, they are seeking to connect with one of those. I mean, music—it does. It, it put like good music puts us in a spiritual mood, doesn't it? Good music—it does help our frame of mind. And if a certain drum beat, it could and music could put somebody in a demonic frame of mind, and it could work. Okay, you and I—if I did that drum beat, and I don't know anything about it. I doubt I'm going to possess myself or get myself possessed by doing that. But somebody from that culture, they're going to be terrified of that because they used to do that. It worked for them, and that type of drumbeat is automatically where their mind is going to go. And so, for them to do that, it would be demonic. You and I, you know, we could probably do whatever drumbeat we want and not get possessed, okay? <laughs> or you know, if you're saved, you can't get possessed anyway. So I can do whatever drumbeat I want. No. Weaker brother, we gotta think about that. For them, it, w- it would be a problem. And, but, and too many times, those of us who are not from those cultures, we are not charitable at all to the people that are from those cultures. Those who get saved out of those cultures, they kinda of get all over us sometimes, you know, like, what's wrong with you people? You're demonic, you're this, you're that. No, we're just ignorant of that stuff. And we're not sinning. Okay? But we're not being charitable either. And so if you if you know if you look at what the Bible says about these things and you understand where people are coming from, it helps you kind of put it all in perspective. Because I think sometimes we lose people because we will declare something a sin and we can't show anybody in the Bible where it's a sin. And they're like, ah, you're just making up rules as you go. That's what the person who's not been exposed to that says. And they're like, well, you just need to trust us. No, we just need to help them understand the truth of these things, that some things are a sin for other people, and God hasn't commanded us to have a certain type of drum beat in our life. And in our music. And therefore, it's okay if we do without those things, we're fine. You know, we're... We'll be, we'll be fine. We're not going to be sinning. We're not going to be not doing something that God told us to do. And so, I believe that what God wants is us to be charitable in our attitude towards other cultures. It's not just about what you like and how you feel about things. Understand where other people are coming from too. And I believe that will help you have the right attitude. So with that, I want to solve